G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, September 3, first day of spring. I'm John Barker from Winning Post, joining me as usual, Joel Marshall and Dan Nuttall. Well, Joel, plenty of action on Tats Club Day at Randwick on Saturday, uh, one of the most exciting runs of the early part of the season was uh, Profondo's comeback a couple of weeks ago. Um, keen to see him again on Saturday. Probably the only query being that he's staying at 1,400 in the tramway rather than stepping up to 1,600 in the Chelmsford. Yeah, indeed, Barks. Um, I think most people sort of thought that the Chelmsford was going to be the next, next logical step, but uh, Richard Litt accepted for both races and quickly scratched from the Chelmsford when he saw gate 10 and gate 2 for the tramway. I think he just doesn't want him to have another wide run and uh, that could have been the case in the Chelmsford. Uh, he'll be able to get sort of tucked away and find some cover uh, in the tramway. The important thing is is that he you know, doesn't get over racing and doing things wrong, which he did in the autumn. He seemed to travel pretty well first up in the wing stakes. Now, whether that was because he was wide, no cover, and just able to do his own thing, uh, I guess that's the query. So if he's smothered up in behind them, uh, it'll just be yeah, another little hurdle that he has to leap on Saturday, but certainly a very pleasing return from him. Meanwhile, at the Valley, Dan, the feature is the Fian, and its selling point is the golden ticket that the winner gets through to the Cox Plate. Now, in recent years, the winner hasn't necessarily been using that uh, Cox Plate ticket. In fact, last year, no Fian runner came back uh, for the Cox Plate. Uh, this time, the Hayes brothers are looking to do that with Mr. Brightside, who's a pretty short favourite, hoping to uh, follow in the steps of Better Loosen Up, who uh, went through the Fian in 1990 and uh, was unbeaten for the rest of the spring, winning, winning of course, the Cox Plate. Uh, he went on to the Japan Cup, which I don't imagine Mr. Brightside would be doing. Um, but uh, the Fian has only attracted the six runners. You've spoken to one of the more interesting, uh, uh, to the trainer of one of the more interesting ones, and that's uh, Maddie Raymond, trainer of Earlswood, uh, for this week's winning post. But uh, you'd almost say the most interesting race on the Valley Card is the McEwen Stakes, which is uh, uh, another small field, but uh, brought together some pretty uh, capable sprinters. Sure. Just losing its luster a bit, the Fian, just the the six runners have got to be, you know, a little bit disappointing considering the the prize on offer for the winner, that ticket to the Cox Plate, um, and not even in the quaddy either. But I agree with you. Whilst that, you know, small select field, and um, I think Mr. Brightside, you know, will deserve a favourite in that. I think it's a, I think you can make a case for nearly all of them, maybe except for Sound. But I think you're right regarding the McEwen Stakes. That looks a cracker. Um, some very speedy types in that, as you'd expect. And I think whilst that also isn't in one of the quaddy legs, I think it it shapes up as to be one the, the more intrigued, the most intriguing race on the Valley Car, the McEwen, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I reckon that probably uh, you could make a case that that should have been in the quaddy. Uh, there, are, there, there are only seven in it, but... Um, yeah, there's enough chances that I think would have made a decent quality lead. But we will start at the Valley. And as you mentioned, we'll start quite early in the day for the uh, main feature. That's race four, Clams, Seafood, Fian Stakes, 1,600 metres, weight for age, worth $500,000. Uh, and, of course, a ticket for the winner into the Cox Plate 
at the end of October, or October uh, 23, I think it is this year. Um, fun facts about the Fian. The cleaner, all the way back in 2014, is the only winning favourite in the past 13 years. So that uh, could be a warning sign for Mr Brightside, especially with this very small field. And uh, bad news for Inspirational Girl is that Bonneville 2017 is the only mare to have won the Fian since Sunline in 2000. And with that Fian Stakes Cox Plate double, El Segundo in 2007 was the last one to do it. The last Fian runner to win the Cox Plate was Moldavian in 2008. Joel, are you with Mr. Brightside, or do you think he's going to be rolled? I'll put him on top, Mark. So I, I really don't have a lot of confidence with the race, and I won't be betting, but I thought his return win was good enough in the Lawrence Stakes. He had the right run, and he got the job done, albeit not a big margin from I Am Superman, but... You know, he is a winner, 8 from 14, and I just think there's still more room to improve with him for the rest of the spring. So I'll, I'll put him on top, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if Earlswood came out and won. I've only seen him once in Australia, and it was a pretty good effort, winning the Carline Cup with the 58 and a half. It was a strong performance. Uh, you know, sort of who knows what level he could get to, so he could quite easily come out and be too good. Six inspirational girls, a talented mare. You get the feeling that she's going to need this and get better with a run or two under the belt. We haven't seen her since uh, April where she failed on the Doncaster on the heavy track behind Mr. Brightside. Prior to that, she was a, a winner over Zaki, albeit with a decent weight advantage. But they're looking at the Caulfield Cup. I, I, I just think, you know, she's going to get better with the run, but 1,600 is probably far enough for her to make an impression in this race first up. And I've got Spanish Mission. I think he's a winning hope as well. I've put him in for fourth. He was placed in the Carline Cup behind Earlswood first up last prep and not beaten all that far. So I think it's a pretty open race. And, I, yeah, I couldn't take the, the, the odds on or even money, Mr Brightside, but I have got him on top, two, four, six, one. Same numbers, bit of a different order. I'm with the four Earlswood on top. As you touched on, Bark spoke to Matty Raymond during the weekend. Look, the horse that won his only Australian start, first up there, for a bit of a Sabelle, and uh, she reckons that he's more forward this time around. So I was glad to hear that. Not sure what happens with the, the speed map. Of, uh, probably from Barrier 1, he could lead, could lead this Earlswood. Um, Spanish Mission will be up there and Mr. Brightside as well. So um, get a good lead in front. Um, two from three first up. I think he's a much better, attractive betting play than Mr. Brightside, the short price favourite. So four on top for me. Two Mr. Brightside in next, just a... Such an honest horse. Very good first up. Never runs poorly. Six inspirational girl. Thought was very good first up in the all last preparation. Um, she's a winning machine. And in for fourth over the one Spanish mission. Four, two, six, one. Uh, yes, I've got Mr. Brightside on top from Earlswood. Inspirational girl, Spanish mission, two, four, six, one. But as Joel mentioned, uh, forgot you certainly wouldn't raise any eyebrows. And... Uh, yeah, Sound is probably the only one of the six who would surprise. Um, just before we go any further, the track at the Valley was rated a soft six on Thursday morning as we speak to you at 2.20 Eastern Time on Thursday. We have glorious sunshine. There are showers forecast for later on Thursday and there's a few drops of rain forecast for Friday and Saturday. So... Uh, total could be the total between 
counting Thursday, Friday and Saturday, is tipped to be somewhere between two mils and six mils, so not much. The only thing was that uh, the last Valley meeting was a soft six. A few people felt that it played a little bit wetter than that. So eyes on the early races at the Val. Race five is the race we were referring to earlier. It is the Mitty's McEwen Stakes. It is also a Group 2. It's only worth 300000 But um, I guess it's the changes on the calendar. Uh, so they're, they're agitating for the Fian Stakes date to be moved. And this one is probably benefiting from um, where it's placed on the calendar after the advent of uh, the Everest. Because it uh, allows a few to audition for that race if they or, or warm up for it if they've already if they're already locked in um fun facts about the McEwen number one saddlecloth which this year is carried by the inferno has won in four of the past seven years and that in fact is the only fun fact i've got about the McEwen. joel a lot of good chances uh, among the seven here How, which way did you go yeah, really intriguing race. Plenty of speed. Obviously, we see the return of Cool and Gatter, who's uh, pretty short. I'm happy to take her on. And uh, probably a two-bet strategy. Both of mine are sort of decent enough odds that you can do that. I've gone for away game number five just in front of in the Congo, but I like both of them. Barrier one is interesting for away game. It's just, just going to be whether she can get the run. But I reckon Zoo Style's going to lead. Cool and Gatter's got plenty of pace, but I don't know if she'll cross Zoo Style, and I'm hoping away game can hold Zoo Style's back. Zoo Style first go at the Valley, could well roll off and just give the run to away game. That's the way I'm hoping it plays. Uh, Blinker's on away game. She wore them at her very first start when placed at Sandown. Hasn't worn them since, but she's had them on in her two recent jump outs, or her official trial and jump out, and she's going really well. I thought she trialled super at uh, Cranbourne against Generation, who went past her, but Generation was beating her very bare margin at Caulfield last week. So I'm going to lean her way just from in the Congo. Big fan of his. He was excellent in the Galaxy with a big weight first up last campaign and then runner-up to Mizzou in the Arrowfield. Uh, liked his trials in Sydney. Just He's got plenty of pace too, and they'll probably want to be quite, um, you know, uh, quite intent on going forward with him. Just not sure where he ends up, but uh, I think he can win. Cool and Gatter, I've got in for third. She's very nippy filly and... Reports are she's come back absolutely super. She gets into the 50 kilos, plenty of ticks. And I thought six, Semyon, yes, was poor in the vein first up, but only start at the Valley was a win, and they put the blinkers on straight away. So he might be a, a little improver at odds, albeit this is a tough race for him. Five on top from two, seven, and six. With the four, Zoo style, a ton of pace. I think he does lead from barrier three, and I hope he rails like a greyhound at the Valley and kicks clear on the turn. He's he always trials well, but really outstanding trial um, in Brisbane leading in and a, a good jump out as well with uh, Natuno and Rothfire in that same heat. So hoping he finds the front. I think he does. I think he's got the pace. Whilst there is a bit of pace in the race, I think from barrier three, jumping well, he's, he'll be the one who leads and you know, lasts him at 1,000 metres. So he's on top for me, the four. Seven, cool and gather. Hard to ignore with the 50 kilos, obviously, a three-year-old filly, but thought I sold the feet and the slipper was very good. Um, I think she certainly measures up. In this two in the Congo, uh, very consistent oars. And as Joel said, that Galaxy run first up last time in was excellent. In for fourth, I have three Rothfire. Uh, the tough race, four, seven, two, three. Yeah, look, I put Cool and Gatter on top. Um, 
as I often say about uh, my tips uh, having to be done earlier, uh, that was before I saw the price. A little bit surprised at how short she is in this field. Uh, Roth Fire in the Congo and Zoo Style round out my top four, seven, three, two, and four. Race six is the Musk Creek Farm Atlantic Jewel Stakes. 1,200-metre listed race, set weights and penalties for three-year-old fillies. We see Joel's value bet going up against Daniels. Joel, you'll make your case first. Yeah, and they both come from Team Godolphin, so interesting little clash here. They've got three in the race. Godolphin, James Cummings with all three. I like 13 for Trey. I've always been a fan of hers. I thought the debut run was... A little bit disappointing, I expected more, but as it turned out, it was a pretty hot maiden one by Paris Dior. They backed off, I gave her a bit of a break, sent her down here, she was wide on speed and still too good at Cranbourne, and then backed that up with a really strong win at Sandown. She had some early pressure on her, but she gave a good strong kick and was not tiring at all. She's got two wins over 1,200 under the belt already. Uh, I've liked her two recent jump outs, she's been on speed, so I think that's the gameplay here. She'll press forward. I think she'll run you a really good race at $19 each way. I think she can measure up to these fillies that have been going around, albeit, you know, admittedly in better races. Um, but I think she's well worth a play. One revolutionary miss I've put in for second. Last of 14 first up in the Silver Shadow. So that was a, a bit of a flop for her. But she raced a bit keen early, maybe just kicking off at 1,200. Just, you know, it was just a bit, a bit too much. She was just a bit keen and wanted to get it over and done with and then didn't finish off. So she does need to turn it around. But on her two-year-old form, she's right in this and she might just be a forgotten runner. Uh, three, I'm loving you. Was good first up in the Quisette. She's always looked like a 1,200-metre filly. Certainly see why she's high up in the market. And I've put another of the Godolphin runners in for fourth, number 10, Varvia. We've had the two runs at the Valley this prep, and things haven't really gone right at either run. Well, the first up run was really good over the short course. Then over the 1,200 the other day, the speed really came out of the race in the middle stages. And she got very close. It was that blanket finish. So... There's more speed on in this race, which I think there will be. Uh, that could play into her hands. 13 each way from 1, 3 and 10. Yeah, with one of the other Godolphin fillies, and that's Troach, who will lead this and from Barrier 5. Good draw for her. She had to work a bit to lead in the Rosebud. Stuck on well for third there. Um, track manager indicating it'll be a sort of good day to be up on the pace, and she'll give herself every chance. She's rock hard fit. Step up to 1,200 metres now. Um, Two 1,200-metre runs last prep were okay, but she's, she's very good over 1,100s. So 1,200 might be the, the absolute limit for her, but um, from a good draw and should be able to find the front um, quite easily and hopefully, hopefully can be there at the end, Troach. So she's on top for me. Three, I'm loving you. thought did enough first up in the Quisette. Ran on well there. I think 1,200 metres will suit her here second up. And for third, I've got the 15 denied thinks a bit over the odds Got to go back from that wide draw and might be spotting a bit of a side start but i thought she was really good at this track first up um of a wide run um, wasn't beaten far a bit of a blanket go and i think over the odds for, for sure the 15 and i've got uh, joel's pick in for fourth portray um impressed two wins last prep you want to get every chance here six three fifteen and thirteen uh, well, I'm with one that uh, you both dodged. That's number four, Lady Laguna, to beat Boogie Dancer, I'm Loving You, and Nana Gui, four, five, three, and nine. Race seven at the Valley is the last of the black type races. It is the Strathmore Community Bendigo Bank 
Chautauqua Stakes 1,200-metre listed quality. Joel? Yeah, a bit of a tricky race. Um, most people would have had Uncommon James on top early in the week, but, of course, his uh, injury that sidelined him for the remainder of the carnival has put uh, this race really up for grabs. Uh, I think Chris Lees holds the key here. He's brought down a couple of his mares, uh, both formerly Australian bloodstock, now uh, in the Yulong camp, and they're obviously trying to gain a bit of black type before they uh, head off to start. I've gone for number 12, Enchanted Heart, on top. We go back to sort of through her form, and she's uh, not sort of at this level and, and probably hasn't got the performances on the board as her stablemate Wanderbar has, but I think she's going really well. If you delete her two runs at Eagle Farm, where she just didn't handle that firm track at all, all of her three runs in Sydney this prep have been very good and really strong late splits, in particular in the missile last time out. So just think she look, she's going to need a bit of luck. Um, she's got a good draw, but she's not an on-pace horse, so she's going to be midfield at best, and she's going to need a good ride, but um, hopefully John McNeil can produce something similar that uh, he did on Emissary last week. That was a peach, and if he can produce that, I think she'll run well. I've thrown Felicia and Rangers in for second and third, the two horses coming out of the Riga Roller, which is the uncommon James form. Felicia had her chance, but I thought she ran pretty well. She's been placed both goes at the Valley. And Rangers sat three wide and held on very well uh, for second. So I think they're both right in the mix. And Wunderbar, I've got in for fourth. She's going very well. Three uh, group seconds from her last four starts. She's clearly good enough to be winning this if she can get the breaks. 12, 11, 4, 5. Yeah, I've got the four on top. Rangers is a ripper. You'd love to own him. He's just so consistent. Um, not an easy run last start. Chase that smart horse in on Common James um, into second of the Regal Roller. Does it on differing surfaces, wet, dry, doesn't really matter to him. He's pretty versatile and he'll get us off the run, Area 1, um, this time around that he did last start. So thinking his good form continue, continue and he's on top. 17, Carlos, one of the emergencies. We'll need a couple of scratchings, but uh, I thought the first up run in the Lightning Stakes in Adelaide was uh, quite good. They beat two and a half by extremely lucky. He's a Danehill winner at 1,100 metres. Uh, couple of runs it's sort of in between those two efforts of being a bit forgiving but down to 54 kilos if you can get a run he's certainly a chance eight prince of boom how much work we'll need to do from the wide draw we know he loves to go forward but good fresh record and um you know with a good run and a good ride you can certainly figure and i've got 15 gravina and for fourth four seventeen eight fifteen uh yeah i like joel i'm keen on the uh Lee's runners, but uh, I've got Wonderbar on top from Enchanted Heart. And then I've got Corner Pocket and Oxley Road rounding out my, my 4, 5, 12, 7 and 3. Wonderbar, in fact, was my value bet race 7, number 5. My best found by quite a few, dropping back from Wait for Age Group 2 into a uh, handicap, is uh, Uncle Bryn for Busserton and Young. That is race 8, number 5. Might end up fairly short. Uh, now, as we mentioned, uh, your value bets there were Joel was with race six, number 13, Portray, and Daniel race six, number six, Troach. So um, the Godolphin runners up against each other there in the Atlantic Jewel. Uh, Joel, tell us about your best, which uh, comes up uh, on the... In the first, and then Dan, you can uh, you can really kick home my case for Uncle Bryn. 
All right, yeah, well, hoping to uh, go bang early here with the race one number two, Major Beal from the Waterhouse Bot Yard. Uh, won his maiden at Wyong, beating Manzois, who I'm a huge fan of, and then had the tables turned by Manzois at Rose Hill last start, but it was an excellent run. Uh, copped a fair bit of early pressure, kept fighting the whole way down the straight. Uh, the runner-up back rower has since won. I think that form's going to be stronger than what he's up against here, although there's a few sort of untapped horses, so you just never really know which one of them are going to emerge. But I think the race is going to work out really well for him too. Uh, outside gate, perfect. He can just flow across. I think he'll find the front. Damien Oliver can control things, and hopefully he can get us off to the perfect start. Yeah, with your barks with Uncle Bryn, I think he looks well-placed in that. He looks quite suited. Let's wait for age first up, but a nice trial. He ran on well from the rear. 59 down to 54 kilos here up in trip, and this second up performance last prep was only a sale class three, but with a big weight, he thrashed him. So promising horse, Uncle Brendan. I think he gets the job done on Saturday. All righty. Randwick is the venue for Sydney racing on Saturday, and it is the Tats Club day, and it's a big day with uh, five stakes races on the 10 race card, and we will be kicking it off in race number four, which is the YLC City Tattersalls Club Cup, 2,400-metre listed quality, Joel. Yeah, well, this is um, a bit tricky at this stage because we've got four of them that are still in the Wyong Cup on Friday. Uh, Lord Ardmore, Grove Ferry, too much to bear in Chalk Stream. So I wouldn't be betting yet, but um, uh, I am with Grove Ferry, and I've made him my best of the day. I, I think they'll go here, but um, you never know. It'll be pretty hard to beat a Wyong on Friday if he runs there. I think he's coming along really well and looking for the 2,400 metres now. He's always been a bit of a free goer out in front and just a bit fierce, but he's just starting to hit his straps now. I thought it was a, a top effort two runs back. And then last time out, he found the front and travelled pretty well. And then Durston was caught wide, went around, took over the running and, and Grove Ferry just... Um, sort of got a little bit fierce then. He gave a good kick on the turn. He ended up finishing fourth. I think he'll get complete control of this race and be very hard to hold out. I think 10 chalk streams, the biggest threat. Uh, 2,400 second up in the autumn. He was massive wide throughout. Went third behind, no compromise. We couldn't get a guide on how well he's going from that fresh run. He blew the start in 10 lengths and he was beaten 10 lengths. It was just a forget run. So I think he's a big improver. Uh, Lord Ardmore in for third. Just very consistent draws to follow the speed as he has been doing and raging bull in for fourth strong win first up it was only a 78 but he had 61 kilos he went through uh all the big three-year-old races last prep so he might be a genuine improver in his four-year-old season at this stage though it's eight ten two six and with nine too much to bear one of those who's still in the Warren cup cup field but liked his effort last start he was 1500 up to 2000 meters never the easiest of runs um but Got within two lengths there. I thought it was a good effort. And he got with 53 kilos. He's need a peak now, fourth up. Um, and he's on top for me, the nine. Sable mate, Lord Armour, consistent, very consistent golding. Um, hasn't been far away. All four starts, winning second up, but to group three level last starts. And, um, yeah, very good there behind the winner. In for third, I have eight Grove Ferry. Roll along and take some catching. And three, Realm of Flowers can prove sharply second up the over the odds in this 
9283. Race 5 at Royal Randwick on Saturday is uh, the Southern Cross Group Concord Stakes. And uh, I guess this is the Sydney version of the McEwen. And uh, it's also quite a small field, but there's a few quality ones. In this, it is Set Weights and Penalties uh, Group 3. Joel? The exciting clash of some smart sprinters here. Um, I'm with one Eduardo, the proven performer. He's a nine-year-old now, but he's only had the 27 starts. He's an elite sprinter. His uh, 3,000-metre runs for Joe Pride. He's won two Group 2s and was placed in the Lightning. So I think he's clearly the one to beat. Two Mask Crusader. We didn't see the best of him in the autumn, but he'll be flashing home at the end here off a strong speed. Eight Andermatt is, uh, I guess, a bit of the up-and-comer. Uh, five from 11. Looked really good winning his first two last prep on heavy tracks and then didn't have a lot go right at his next two runs. And seven Zapateo was far too good for Phillies and Mares in the toy show first up. This is a bit tougher, and she's up in weight. So they're the negatives, but uh, only missed the Quinella once from nine, so she may still have plenty of uh, room to keep progressing. One on top from two, eight, and seven. Not much to add there with Eduardo. Um, excellent first up record. 1,000 metres, uh, you know, suits him, and he's clearly the one to beat. Well, Mask Crusader was the clear next pick. I'm surprised a horse like Anna had to come up a uh, shorter price. Maybe the 1,000 metres a bit, sh- bit too short from his ideal distance, but he's got a good first up record. I didn't think he was all that bad in the Lightning over 1,000 when first up last prep. Um, so the main two for me, the, the class sprinters, one and two. In for third, I have the seven Zapateo, that run on the board, good uh, easily defeated Jamea that day. Had a nice run in transit, but was strong through the line and such a consistent mare. I only missed the top two once in nine starts. And I've got Andermatt in for fourth. Well, I think's a promising horse. Obviously unbeaten first up, but this is uh, by far the toughest race he's had to um, come up against. But my number's 1278. Some high-quality fillies will go around in race six at Randwick on Saturday. It is the Darley Furious Stakes 1,200-metre Group 2 at set weights, John. I've come up with a bit of a roughie here. Number 11, Madame Pomery from the Chris Waller stable. Always had a bit of time for her. She won at good odds first up from a break in her second campaign. It was a really dominant win there too on the wet track. And then was beaten the next start convincingly. Uh, she ran second. The winner, Osipenko, looks pretty smart. And the third horse was back rower. So there's not, nothing too much wrong with that form. She's just got to take the next step. Interesting, Chris Waller's only won this race twice. And they've both been with similar sort of fillies coming through, not not sort of the stakes race form, just sort of the winter form. Uh, they were fox play and wink, so she's got big shoes to fill if she's going to live up to them. But uh, just think at the 40 to 1, she's worth a play each way. Uh, six in secret, probably should have won the Silver Shadow, just held up at the wrong stage. She's very smart and she can certainly make amends. McDonald rides her. You'd think he could have ridden Paris Dior, who he's been aboard. Three of her four starts and in her trials, she's trialling well. Uh, the Snowdens won this race first up with pure elation a few years ago, coming off a Percy Sykes win, so trying to repeat that dose. And one, she's extreme, in for fourth. Obviously the Group 1 winner, runner-up in the size, no luck in the slipper, and then winning the champagne. So she's certainly well worth respecting. But uh, there are other chances as well. 11 each way from 6-3-1. I've made six my best on the card in secret. I thought his... Uh, her first up run was outstanding in the Silver Shadow. Arguably wins with, with even luck. She's just struggling to her and James McDonald to find a gap there, but went out, really hit the line hard. Lovely return in for a good 
good spring. So on top for me, the six. Got the three and next Paris Dior. I think she'll be ready to roll first up. Uh, won that Percy Sykes Sakes on, on the heavy 10. First up last time in, but it was a good win. Trialing well, good draw. So clear second pick. Two, she's a belter. Might be better with the run under her belt, but there's no denying her class. Uh, also probably prefers the dry track, but um, what she did in the Queensland winter was uh, very impressive, and I think she can, uh, you know, certainly give this a shake first up, even though she might be um, improving with the run. And in for fourth, I have the one. She's extreme. Six on top of three, two, and one. Race seven, first leg of the quaddy at Randwick on Saturday is the GPI Tramway Stakes. 1,400 metres, set weights and penalties, Group 2, Joel. Yeah, we spoke about this race a little bit earlier. I am with Profondo. Just hoping that staying at 1,400 isn't, uh, isn't too much of a negative, but he'll get a nice smother here. And if he travels well, I think he'll be pretty hard to beat. I just I think that Wink, the Wink Stakes form is just going to hold up really well here. The run under the belt ahead of his main dangers. Um, I just think that will play into his hands. And you can back him each way. $6.650, I think he is. Uh, Zaki in for second, hardest to beat. He uh, won this race last year very convincingly. He's since won a couple of group ones on an all-star mile. He only goes up one kilo, carrying the maximum here, 59. He's going to be hard to hold out. Converge, another classy performer's got the Animo form lines. You'd have to think he's going to be pretty hard to beat first up as well. And probably a bit of a gap to the rest. But I'll throw Yearning in for fourth, number nine. don't think we saw the best of her in the autumn. She was excellent against the bias first up. Had issues in the Cuny and then just got far too far back in the binary and hit the line well. Just reckon she's been trialling well and might be an improver this prep. Four on top for me, though, from one, three and nine. Profondo is very good first up at this trip, but I just can't go past Saki. It's not first up record, of course. Defends his crown this year and... His form first up, and his form all throughout last preparation was outstanding. He might have let a couple of punters down on um, some occasion. The Doom and Cup effort might have been a bit disappointing, but I thought before that he showed his class, and we know how good he is fresh. I think he is the one to beat, although I won't be diving in at that sort of, that sort of price. Got the four in next Profondo. As I said, very good return in the weak stakes behind Animo. Um Bit of a freak this also. I think even though he's staying at 1,400 metres, it wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, knock Zaki off, but I just couldn't um, just couldn't tip him against Zaki in this. In for third, Converge. Um, first up here, but certainly looks to have a case. And then I thought there was a bit of a gap too to the fourth pick, and that's Ice Bath, the 11. Looked did enough first up in the week stakes, back to 53 kilos and uh, wet track up right up her alley. 1-4-3-11. Race 8 at Randwick on Saturday is the big one. Daily Press Chelmsford Stakes, 1,600 metre, Group 2 at Wait for Age, Joel. You know, I'm thinking Moanga can bounce back here. Um, first up, he travelled pretty well till about the 600, and then there was just traffic all around him, and when he came off the bridle, he just couldn't find a gap, couldn't build momentum at all, held up at the top of the straight. Once he got over heels, the race was over, and he might just have lost interest being a five-year-old stallion. So although he ran last of 10, I just think there were excuses. Now, interesting that Tommy Berry rides New Marion here. Um, so, yeah, not sure what the case is there, but uh, an aggressive ride from Nashville Willow won't hurt on Moanga. I just reckon he is worth another chance. Nine surefire in for second. Big, big win first up over the 1,400. 
uh, second last, second fastest last 200 of the meeting. So he's clearly come back uh, in terrific order. And the fact that he did that over 1,400 suggests, you know, he's sharp enough to win a race like this over a mile. 15, Montefilia, always a fan of her. She was placed in this race last year. Uh, pretty sure I took her on top then too. Uh, she was much bigger price, but she's obviously a lot shorter this time around. Won the Ranvet back in the autumn. Going to improve with the run, but she has to be included in the chances. And I've thrown 13 Allegra on in for fourth. Typically, he's needed further to show his best, but I just like those Hitotsu form lines, and in particular the Benno form line too. Benno ran pretty well first up in the wing stakes coming out of the derby. And the leg run was on the heels of him. So he might be the one at a big price that can show up. One on top for me from 9, 15 and 13. This is a tough race. I've gone the nine on top shore fire. Talent on a fast net rock and big performance first up at 1,400 metres. As Joel said, in the case, he's come back in terrific order. So off that, I'm going to be with him to win again at 1,600 metres. 14, Benno, excellent in the wing stakes, uh, a very good first up run, considering you know his deeds in the autumn. It was tipping him in the derby and getting done by Hitotsu, but it was a terrific run that day. And at fourteen hundred metres in a good wink stakes, yeah, I thought it was a very good return. So he's right on track. One Moanga, we can forgive that run last start. He's obviously better than that. And in for fourth, I got the fifteen Montefilia. Nine, fourteen, one, and fifteen. We have heard about Joel's best, which is at this stage, race four, number eight, Grove Ferry, and his value bet was race seven, number four, Profondo. Uh, Dan's best was race six, number six, In Secret. So just uh, bring us home, Dan, with uh, your best, uh, your value bet, which comes up in the ninth. Yeah, with Hell I Am, the John O'Shea train runner. He's a three-year-old. He's going to take on the older horses here, but I think he can measure up. I've always had a bit of time for him. Obviously, come back in good touch. This preparation, he's won two of three. Bit of a forgive run at Rose Hill and fourth, two back behind Troach. Um, but I think he can measure up here against the older horses down 53 kilos and worth an each way bet in race nine, race nine, number 14. All righty, there is a black type race in Brisbane. We'll just quickly get to Morfordville first, which uh, due to that. Uh Due to that Oak Bank washout I mentioned last week, is 10 races again. Big program. Dan, your best comes up early on the card, and uh, it's a horse that recently produced a fairly freakish trial win. That's right. I should have watched, should have watched one of the races to, to double-check the pronunciation of this one. I'm going to go with Haripia. I've probably butchered that. But the trial was outstanding. One by 18.3 lengths. Um, didn't seem to be asked to do whole, a whole heap by the ride. He certainly was urging him along a little bit sort of late uh, to keep him up to the mark, but he certainly wasn't being ridden out. And it was a really impressive piece of work. It was backed up on the clock as well. There was about 15 heats at Murray Bridge that morning over 950 metres, and uh, his his win was the, the quickest um, of the morning by a whole two seconds with... Camel Passer and See You in Heaven winning heats as well. So, impressive trial to, uh, to the eye, backed up on the clock. He ran well in the Magic Millions two-year-old race at uh, Murray Bridge last prep. He was wide there, third between Twin Stars, who came to Queensland and, and held his own in a couple of good races. So, the best. Race two, number seven, 
the value. Uh, thought would come a bigger price to be honest. Keep reading. It's around four fifty five dollars, so um, can be an each way play for some. But I think keep reading will be hard to beat in race six, down on the minimum fifty four kilos. It's tested in a listed race last start. Was a bit of a drifter in the market and just didn't finish the race off there. But his two runs prior were very good. Back in grade for this. Um, Drops to 54 kilos, gets a good draw, sit, sit up on the speed, and and I think will be hard to beat. Race six, number 11, keep reading. All righty. Well, just uh, an update on your best bet uh, pronunciation there. The most famous, uh, it seems to be a surname, uh, which is sometimes spelt S-C-H. This one is spelt S-G-H. Um, it seems to be an Italian surname. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be Skirippa. Uh, but the most famous scripper on the internet is a uh, is Sabrina Scripper, who's a researcher at the University of Adelaide. So I'm not sure where they've got this name, if indeed it is based on Sabrina Scripper. But hang on, let me just see if I can uh, get the pronunciation up. What's the breeding? What, what? I don't think the breeding the makes any is, sense. The dam is wonder uh, wonder I do. So uh, try that. Oh, well, no, there's actually there's a few um, owners with the same last name in the ownership. I've just looked. Ah, so there is. Hang on, here we go. There, there it was. Do we, we hear that? Pronouncenames.com. What was that? No. No, I've missed that. Hold. Hold. One more time. Yeah. One more time. Skiripa. Well, there you go. <laughs> No excuses. Joel, I'll just shut that off. Um, now, Joel, uh, did you um, did you have any thoughts on Morfordville? I have got uh, no thoughts on Morfordville this Sunday. Rightio. We will therefore move to Doomben, uh, which, as I mentioned, will be playing host to a stakes race. It's a small field by uh, Brisbane Saturday standards. Up there, I was actually able to get the tips panel on the front page. That's how small it was. Um, and that uh, that um, race that I refer to, the black type race, is race six. It is the Tattersall's lot. No, sorry. No, it is race eight. The Sky Racing Tattersall's Members Cup. 1,350 metres. Listed event. Uh, handicap worth uh, 150,000. And conveniently enough, Dan, your best on the program comes up in this race. Yeah, looking like a wet track at Doombin on Saturday, and that will suit my top pick down to the ground. Fox Wedge Mare by the name of Snippy Fox, who comes out of a, the Winter Challenge at Rose Hill. Seemingly had a chance up on the speed there. Uh, sat outside the Winter Cross Talk. Um, just sort of peaked on her run late. But this is a, a much easier stakes race, and she was 1,200 up to 1,500 metres there. So um, a bit of improvement here. Fourth up, 54 kilos. It's not, as I said, it's not an overly strong stakes race. I think there's about three winning chances, three or four winning chances in the race, and she's got the uh, the best, I think, the best recent form out of any horse in the field. So onto her preferred wet track. Um, I think she can bounce back um, here with a win. Snippy Fox race eight number six is on top. Sir Rocket in next. Very good horse on his day. He just can make his form. He's quite inconsistent. Um, but was, wasn't far off ranges within three lengths, first up in the Ramorni, and then third up, up to 1,350 metres. It was a very good win. 
Uh, so back down to 54 kilos here. Uh, he's certainly in the in the game as well. Hasabro first up for Annabelle Nisham, the former Kiwi. Uh, recent trial was good, and first has some first up form. And in for fourth, I've got the nine Renouf, who is uh, a mare in form this prep. She's only won the one race, but she ran really well from a, a pretty tough position last start, and I think going along nicely can uh, bob up here as well. But six on top of five, three and nine. And your value bet uh, comes up earlier. It's a very consistent horse, but uh, a juicy double-figure price. It is Blacklog. I guess the the knock on it is the three wins from fifty-three starts. Um, but geez, he's seldom far away. He's had about ten starts his prep, and all except one of he's either finished second or third. I thought he should have won last start. Um, he just couldn't really get clear at, the, at a key stage to sort of go back towards the inside, and the way he charged late. Think if he was out earlier, uh, he'd win the race. But a horse that's only won three from 53 can turn it up at times. But I think here um, he gets as good a chance as any as he, to win this prep, and um, I'm with him to keep his good form continuing. Hopefully, hopefully he can go one better after a string of minor placing. So race six, number seven, Black Log of the value. Any thoughts on Doombin, Joel? No, nothing there for me, Bucks. Rightio, across the Nullarbor then. They are racing at uh, Belmont and looks like they're starting to run out of a bit of puff there because uh, they had to delete one race. Only uh, eight races there and about 80 acceptors. Uh, Hoops' best is race two, number three, strike now. His value bet race five, number eight, let's deal. Uh, earlier in the day across the Tasman, Joel, they are racing at Wanganui and Rickerton. Yeah, there's a couple of black tight races at Wanganui, a uh, listed race for the three-year-old fillies and a listed race just uh, over a bit further for the three-year-olds, but some fillies are tackling that. Uh, my best comes up in race seven, which is the 1,600-metre maiden on the program. Number five, Fabian Hawke, uh, son of Turn Me Loose. That was much better first up on a wet trap. Uh, he didn't do much at his first start, but uh, obviously improved through the break. He was held up coming to the turn and round the corner, and then finished off very well for fourth. I uh, just thought he'd take good benefit from that. He'll strike a wet track again and can be hard to beat. And it made my value better for a uh, horse in the Wanganui Guineas, a filly, number nine, Penny Wecker. Uh, very good on debut, uh, sort of beaten a bit for speed, but was really charging late into third and just past the line, was screaming past the first two. She's a daughter of Satono Aladdin. Uh, they are going pretty well on both sides of the Tasman, but uh, particularly in Australia. Of course, uh, Grand Impact, two for two, and I think the Maronis that won uh, last Wednesday week at Sandown looked out of this world winning. So they're coming along well, and I think she can run you a good race at a bit of a price. And down south uh, at Rickerton, my best is race six, number five, loving your work. Uh, made her my value about a couple of starts ago. She shot for home on the turn, then just knocked up late, finished fifth. Uh, went back to uh, one of the midweek meetings there last time out and was just beaten. Looks ready to win fourth up, and my value bet, is race eight, number one, El Tirador. One run down in the south and sat pretty close to a fast tempo. Came off the bit early in the straight, but I thought it kept grinding away pretty well. He'll be fitter for that. He draws well, 1,400 suits. Some of his best earlier form on the North Island, he'll take a bit of beating here. So you're just uh, taking him a little bit on trust with a couple of duck eggs and a seven next to his name, but I think there's improvement to come from him. Alrighty, that wraps up the preview section of the podcast. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters.
to lift here. We uh, didn't manage a place getter between the three of us last week. They're all uh, fourths and fifths, which is, uh, you know, all very encouraging for connections, but uh, not much good for punters. Uh, Joel, where are you taking us this week? Yeah, I'm just going the wrong way every week. I go my best, my value wins, I go my value, my best wins, but uh, let's just get out of, get the misery out of the way early. Mooney Valley, race one, number two, Major Beal. I think he'll win and um, that'll give us a bang for the day. Yeah. I hope I'm not stealing your thunder here, Barks, but I've struggled to find a, a best bet anywhere in the country on Saturday. Um, then race eight, number five, Uncle Bryn at the Valley. Yes, and I'm going to go to the Valley too. I thought you'd be Uncle Bryn, and therefore I'm going race three, number two, Mullane. Uh, that wraps it up and leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It's online now. It's in shops Friday morning with uh, all the form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday and plenty of great reading besides. And looking forward to next week, which will be a Maccabi Diva Stakes Day at Flemington. Uh, In the meantime, back plenty of winners. Enjoy the weekend and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.